You're listening to Real Presence Live. Now, back to more inspirational and uplifting stories and a look at the extraordinary things happening in our local area. Heard right here on the RPR Network. Well, you know what that sound is? That is straight talk. That is your opportunity to ask a priest a question. Yes, you can call one 877 Very good. What's that number again? Say it a little bit slower. I know. My voice is getting cracky. 877-795-0122. Or via our Facebook page. Mm-hmm. And so... This is your opportunity. Again, like I've already said, it's like you have a chance to ask a priest any question under the sun. This is actually my favorite segment of the show because I get to sound off if the question is right. You get my opinions if you want my opinions, and if you don't want my opinions, just ask for the facts. But this is your chance to ask a priest any question under the sun. I'd say theology. I'd say you know anything to do with church liturgy. Not that I have all the answers, but I think I do. And then also the things that are going on in the world today. Like, we live in crazy times, and so how does the church respond to the crazy times? What's going on in the church in Rome? What's going on in the government of the United States and other governments? Whatever you have a question of, you can submit it. You can ask it on air. If you're you're one of those bold souls, you can actually put your voice on the air. And again, you do that by calling 877 Seven nine five zero one two two, and if listeners do not do the heavy lifting, you're going to be listening just to Cindy and I talking for the next half hour about what's ever on our mind. Otherwise, you can submit a question, like I just said, with the number and on the Facebook page. And sometimes we get people that send in questions in advance of the show, and those are nice because then we always have like a ready-made question. But our uh, lion's share of questions come from the people who are listening live right now. And, and if you're anywhere near Duluth, you know the weather still kind of stinks. And so, you know, you're probably listening to the radio sitting inside anyhow. So this is your chance. 877-795-0122. Or via our Facebook page. Would you like me to kick it off with a question? You have a question? Mm-hmm. Could spark some. Well, wait a minute, but it's got to be approved by the uh, producers. It's approved by me. Oh, boy. All right. I'll, <laughs> then I'll, I'll decide whether or not I answer Okay. It. <clears throat> and now, I haven't been watching the news, okay. but this is what I heard. So, Nancy Pelosi was rejected oh, the yeah, Eucharist. Sure, sure. But Not, no, then, she hasn't rejected the Eucharist. Get your no, no, no. I thought the priest said that she could, or she, the, the bishop, bishop said, said that she, that she could not, not to present herself for Holy Communion. And then the Pope gave her the Eucharist. No, the Pope did not give her the Eucharist. Okay, see, so I don't know. So she went to a papal. She and her husband were on vacation in Rome, apparently, and they went to a papal mass, which happened to be the, the Paulian Mass on June 29th on the feast of Saints Peter and Paul. And she presented herself for communion, not to the Pope, because actually Pope Francis does not distribute communion at his papal masses. And, you know, the thing is, like, you know, I mean, I don't know the backstory about that, but I'll just say this, is that I've distributed communion at many papal masses in my time. And sometimes there are hundreds of priests that distribute communion from all over the world. And they may not necessarily know who she was, or I don't know what the backstory is. But uh, I don't know who I'm distributing communion to when I do a papal mass, when I when I distribute communion. So uh, the the error was on her part, of, obviously, on more than one level, but by presenting herself to receive communion. 
Nobody can judge what her intention was, but I don't have good feelings about it, that she did that in the context of a papal mass. Because just as you said, I mean, yourself, it's like there's all sorts of different uh, misinterpretations about what that meant. And so from my standpoint, from my observation, she was doing, she was using the Eucharist in a political way, and which is, which is um, absolutely horrific from my standpoint. She should not have done that, and uh, she knew it was going to stir up controversy and cause a lot of confusion. See, so I knew you would have the truth. Well, I mean, I don't know if I've got the fullness of truth, of but I, I, you know, I follow the news pretty closely, especially Catholic stuff. But you have a call. You, if you have a question, call 877-795-0122. I actually like questions like that because I like the controversy, mm-hmm. you know, but 877-795-0122 or via our Real Presence Facebook page. I knew you would like that one. Yeah, I like questions like that. 877-795-0122. Zero one two two. We do have some questions in the hopper, but until they turn green, we can't answer them. So yeah, I mean, uh, yeah, it's, there's never. What drives me crazy is <clears throat> when people don't have all the facts and they like try to right. throw this crazy statement out. Well, they don't it's have like, very far to drive you uh, if it drives you crazy. Yeah, it's not well, very far know. to drive you. It's just. But I'm glad I was the... able to correct your even miss. Yeah. Because I, I just it. heard it, so I needed right. more information. Yeah, like 99% of the people look at the headline. Who knows what the headline said, depending on what news organization. And so then they read into what they think is there. Anyhow, Vanessa from Duluth, I'm assuming. Is she on the line? Oh, she will be on the line. It says green. So we're getting... Well, you did it right. Yeah, I did it right. By You're my, just quick. My You're boss, quick for the My boss Tuesday. told me how to do it, and now <laughs> I did it right. And that, anyhow, so yeah, 877 795 Zero one two two. That's eight seven 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 nine five zero one two two. Any question? Ask it. All right. Now is Vanessa online? Oh. So, so what did you eat yesterday? For I mean, what did, uh, well, who did, cooked? Did, or did what we happened? ever swap? Did we ever go from one? Subject to the other. That was pretty quick. From Nancy Pelosi to what you have to I eat know, you on want the 4th something, of July. This is boring talk for you. Yeah, you don't want to talk okay, about what you no. ate. I don't even know what I ate yesterday. Uh, tacos or something like that. They had mm. some grilling going on, too. Although, like I said, it was rainy and crummy out. They did some grilling. And you got a brand new grill. Have you grilled on it since? Hello? I think we have a bad connection. <laughs> I, I have not been. I've been too busy. So I don't. Oh, okay, okay. Vanessa, are you there? Yes. Yes, Hi, I Vanessa. am here. What's your question? Oh, welcome, by uh, the way, to Real Presence Radio. Uh, yeah, uh, yeah, uh, thank you. Uh, I have two questions. One, uh, when will the church have a patron saint for people with autism spectrum disorder? That's a good one. And two, why did God make me autistic? And sometimes... Uh, Times I wish God were to make me. We call this in we people with disabilities call this a, a super crip. I, I know I'm using kind of a a slur here, but um, Double Grand is like Wonder Woman. She can do all these amazing things, and she speaks out for animal welfare, and I really appreciate that. But I have seizures, and I have Crohn's disease, and I no. can't even work to pay off my student debts and. Uh, for take care of my mom financially in her old age like I'm supposed to. So I've um, gotten frustrated with God saying, you know, I wish that you could uh, get rid of my seizures and Crohn's disease so I could do more stuff like take care of my parents. Well, mom, anyway. Yeah, Vanessa, Um, Vanessa, 
let me uh, so so you know the uh, the thing about the patron saint thing it's like you know i mean there might be i don't know i don't know all the patron saints there might be some saints that you know you can go to in regards to uh, autism i don't know of any formal declaration of that or not but my recommendation at least in that part of your question is that you know read about the saints if there's any particular saint that that you know draws your attention that you find interesting make that your own personal patron saint for autism all right you don't need the church to make a statement on who should and who shouldn't be a patron saint of something you know the saints are a beautiful thing that we there's so many of them there's so many canonized saints that you know everybody can find something that speaks to them and so i'd i'd encourage you to find your own patron saint that can help you through what you're struggling with but then in regards to you know why did god make you with autism it's like you know original sin is a because of original sin we have a constant reminder that we're not in heaven yet right and so it's like everybody has crosses and obviously uh with autism it's a very unique cross and 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 i'm sure a very heavy cross to carry but you know as saint uh, uh as well even the scriptures speaks of it's like that, that, you know, I mean, God doesn't give us anything more than we can't handle. And so God is entrusting to you a cross to help you get to heaven. And he's giving you a heavy cross, you know, because he must see in you the ability to withstand a, a high level of suffering. And, and you know, in some way, it might seem like a weird thing to say, but in some ways, that's kind of a, that's kind of a, a compliment to you because not a lot of people, not all the people in the world have autism or have seizures or have the health met, uh, things that you were, were talking about that you struggle with. God is entrusting to you something that a lot of people probably couldn't handle. And so, you know, I mean, to look at it maybe from that positive side of things, like, okay, I don't know why God is giving me this cross. It's very heavy, but I need God's help to get through this. And I need my patron saint, whoever that saint might be, to get me through this. And so, our crosses, no matter what form they take in life, are meant to help us get closer to God in heaven. And so look at your autism and your health uh, you know, struggles as a way to get closer to Jesus. And so, you know, I mean, that's kind of like a, that might sound like a kind of a canned type of response, but it's, it's really the best response that we've got. And so, Vanessa, thank you very much for that question. I think hey, we have, you're welcome. Thank thanks. you. All right, thank you. And I think uh, I think is on line two. We have John from Duluth. Are you on there, John? Yeah, I'm here. Hi, hey, Father John. Rich. Hi, Cindy. Hi. What's your question? I was talking to a friend of mine maybe two weeks ago. He's non-Catholic, and he was really hung up on the. I think it was a priest. It might have been a deacon, but the guy in Arizona who was baptizing with the wrong form. I think it was mm-hmm. maybe last fall. He was saying, we baptize you instead of the correct way, which is I baptize you. Mm-hmm. And to my friend, that was a representation of the, the legalism of Catholicism, and he really struggled with that. And I tried to explain to him um, an answer. I don't know if I did a very good job of it. So I was curious to ask you Father Rich, if you were talking to somebody who had an issue with that, what would you say to them? Yeah, I mean, I'd say, you know, from the outside, if you're, especially if you're talking to a friend that's not Catholic, from the outside looking in, you can say, well, you, guys, you Catholics, you're so trivial, you're like Pharisees, right? It's like the letter of the law, come on. You know, but if you understand the sacraments in the same way that Catholics understand sacraments, the center and, uh, you know, the most, the, I always say that the seven sacraments are the seven most important aspects of the life of Catholics. And so when we look from the inside of the church and see the sacraments and why the sacraments are so important and why we have to do them correctly, 
that uh, that it it makes sense from the inside, saying the sacraments are the most key way in which God interacts with us in getting to heaven. And so we want to do the sacraments right. And so if you were to open up the slippery slope and say, well, if this priest did it this way and he was off a couple of words, what's the big deal? Then pretty quick, you're going to hit that slippery slope where priests are going to be doing it any way that they want to. And so the church is very clear in regards to, okay, this is a sacrament. This is highly important. And so this is how you do it. So we need the church to give us guidance in how to do the sacraments because otherwise then you become sacramental anarchy. You know, it's like, and we've, we've experienced that throughout history. You know, I'd say even not, uh, not too far off of that from the years after the second Vatican council, where there's all sorts of crazy things going on liturgically. And so the church is there to help keep us, you know, on, on the straight and narrow, if you will, in regards to how to do the sacraments. If we give allowance for just even a slight change, then that opens up a whole can of worms where people can do a baptism any way they want to. So the church gives us a very clear direction on how to carry out these sacraments. And you see it best from inside of the church when you understand what the sacrament and sacramental theology is. I don't know if that helps any, John. Yeah, yeah that makes a lot of sense. Um, he, he was also concerned of whether it was a valid baptism. Well, I mean, I told him, well, I explained to him that God's primary way of administering grace is through the sacraments, but he's not bound by them. Exactly, so right. maybe, hopefully, you know, those babies who are baptized, it's not their fault the form was wrong. I sure. would, judging on God's graciousness and mercy, I would say they were probably fine, but I don't know if that's true or not. What would mm-hmm. you say in that case? Well, I, I think that, I think that you're, the way you're phrasing it, I would agree with, but I'd also say that the Catholic Church, more than probably any other organization in the history of the world, are great record keepers. And so we have records of all the priests that did all the baptisms. And so it's like, you know, it'd be fairly easy to do a correction, uh, because, and we, we've got the records to be able to do that. And so I, I'm familiar with the case that you're talking about, but I'm not so familiar with it to know that that's what they did to follow up, but I'm assuming that they at least made that attempt. But I also agree, uh, mm-hmm. John, that, you know, you know, God is not bound by the sacraments, and so it's not like going to be the fault of the baby if the baby got baptized in a way that, you know, um, uh, w- w- may have had a word or two off from the, the way a baptism should be done. But uh, whenever given the opportunity, we redo it to make sure that it's a, that it's a valid baptism. So thanks, John, for okay, your question. Great. Good, good question. Thank you very much. All right. Looks like we have another question on Facebook. David. Would Father Rich please expound why Pope Benedict XVI retired? Okay, well, thanks, David, for the question. We can only go by what Pope Benedict XVI said himself. And, of course, this is already going back to 19, the 20, uh, not to 19, but to 2013. And so it's already nine years ago that he's retired and he's still around. So uh, he made reference uh, in his letter in which he explained that he was going to retire that he was no longer, that he felt he was no longer physically and mentally able to do it. And so a lot of people read into that, you know, it's like, okay, why, you know, I mean, what does he mean? What does he mean? Because physically, obviously, he's a frail man, certainly much more frail now because he's quite a bit older. Uh, but then a lot of reading into, well, what did he, what did he mean by mentally able to do that? Pope uh, Benedict XVI uh, is most likely, even at, I don't know how old he is, like about 96 or 97 now, he's probably the smartest man in the room, no matter what room he's in. And so he's, from everything I'm understanding, he's still totally with it. 
a brilliant man beyond brilliance. And so, uh, you know, again, there's a lot of reading into, oh, what, did he, what did he mean by not uh, um, mentally able to do that? And so we don't, nobody knows what the, what the um, uh, pressures are on a pope except for the pope. And so he's the one that decided, based on his own prayer and discernment, that he was no longer up for the job. Now, he's still around. I don't think anybody, including himself, expected him to be around nine years later. And so, uh, you know, it opens up a whole lot of other questions. Like, could he still be in the saddle? It's like, yeah, he, he could be. If he was still in the saddle, he'd be one of the longest-serving popes in history, you know, because he started in 2005 with the death of John Paul II. But, um, uh, uh, you know, we pray for Pope Benedict XVI. He's a great Catholic hero to many uh, in the church, myself included. So we pray for him as he continues this journey on the side of the grave. Thank you very much for that question. Good questions. My yeah, we've had a couple of good, uh, we've had a couple of brave souls that actually got on the air with us. And you can submit questions or you can call in at 877-795-0122. Again, that number is 877-795-0122. We still have a... So a little bit of time here that you can submit your question either that way or via Facebook. Or you can come on the air. The questions have been very good and very um, thought-provoking. Yes, and then you get to ask another question if you call in because, you know, I'm still sometimes here. you need more. Yeah, yep. exactly. I like it. Yeah. It's, been, it's been good. Do you have another question, Cindy? You should think of these beforehand, you know. <laughs> it's like, what question am I going to ask Father Richard if we have hmm. downtime? 877 0122. Again, that's 877-795-0122 or via our Facebook page. So we're waiting. You have your chance. Anything else you want to talk about as far as Pope Francis and kind of the yeah? There's been actually he made, he made the news. That. He made the news again today. Again? Yeah, because oh, okay. like he oh. interviewed. I think it was Reuters or something. He he did an interview just over the weekend, I think, and and so he uh, uh, at least I didn't read the whole interview, but uh, from what I did read is that he was kind of quashing the uh, trying to quash the rumors about retirement. Oh. You know, so it's like he's got this consistory that's the appointing new cardinals at the end of August. I think we talked about this last month, maybe, mm-hmm. and and that in of itself caused a lot of speculation because popes don't do consistories in August because nothing happens in Rome in August. They, they have what they call fair gusto, which every, everybody takes off in August because it's just too blazing hot in Rome. And so the mere fact that he had a consistory in which he's naming new cardinals in August caused a lot of like stirs, like okay, what's going on? And then to throw a whole other you know um, a cause of confusion in there or cause of you know speculation. Uh, right during the time of the consistory, he's going up to L'Aquila, uh, Italy, where the tomb of uh, St. Celestine V is, who was the last pope to willingly resign or retire before Benedict XVI did. And so it's like, okay, so obviously Francis is giving us very clear signs. And in the interview this weekend, Francis apparently said that um, uh, it's all coincidental, that he had nothing in mind in that regards. And so... He said, he said his health is getting better. He has no intention to uh, to retire. That's what he said. Wow. But there's uh, the Pope has to uh, forgive people, certainly, that, was, uh, that were reading into that because he was certainly giving uh, signals that even still, I don't think he's able to quiet. No matter what he just said in that interview, there's still lots of speculation. What's going on with Francis? Mm-hmm. Given the uh, the consistory in the late uh, late August, as well as the um, the trip up to L'Aquila, because L'Aquila is like not that significant of a city, you know. And so to go up there and there to where the tomb of Celestine the Fifth is, 
that's that's that, those are big signs, and I, and Pope Francis, as far as I know, has not been up there. So this is his first. Hmm. Anyhow, eight seven 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 nine five zero one two two eight seven 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 nine five zero one two two. I love all that intrigue, that papal intrigue. I love stuff like that. So how about if it does happen? Does that mean he lied? No, I would I would cross that bridge when I get to it, when you get to it, and so I wouldn't say he lied. And so it's I like, feel like <clears throat> he probably isn't going anywhere because you, why would you come you, out? You ne- you so. never know um, uh, what one day is going to bring to the next. You know he's got he's got issues with his health right now, uh, most noticeably with his mobility, and so who knows what happens in a week? I mean, he's eighty five. He? He's eighty five, and okay. so in a week he could have some other serious issue health wise that might arise that we don't know about, and so. Take him at his word. At this, as of this past weekend, now he has no intention to uh, retire. Although he did say it could happen. I mean, he said it, he said in the interview, he said it's possible. He said it's just not going to happen. No, I mean, what he basically he was saying: don't read into what's going on in August to think that I'm planning it because I'm not planning it. That's what he said. Uh, okay, uh, that's not a verbatim. That's a paraphrase. Eight seven 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 nine five zero one two two. That's 877-795-0122. We do have a question coming up, but they're in the hopper waiting to mature. So questions have to mature before we can actually answer them. Do you think it's from Wyoming? No, because I canceled <laughs> Wyoming. But actually, I didn't really can- I did cancel Wyoming for a while because nobody was calling in. But somebody did call in, I think, during the spring live drive. So I, so. I have to uncancel. But I can cancel Montana because I don't think we've ever gotten anything oh. from Montana or Canada. So Montana and Canada, there, you are so still. Don't, don't what was that? Them. Jolene's by there. She's so. by there. She's not yeah, in Montana. She's not in there. So uh, if, until until we get a phone call from Montana or Canada, you are hereby canceled. Eight seven 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 nine five zero one two two. That's and that is not an official proclamation by Real Presence Radio. That's just an official proclamation from the Duluth edition of Real Presence Live. <laughs> That you are formally canceled if you're in Canada and Montana. Good we get a call from you. All right, we do have another question. Do you want me to read this? Because sure. your, your eyes are a little rough, aren't they? Carol from Sioux Falls. What are the canticles of Zechariah and the canticles of Mary, and where did they come from, and why do we pray them? Very good. Uh, uh, Cindy, do you want to take this one? Uh, sure. So... No. Okay. Of course right. not. So the Canticle of Zechariah and the Canticle of Mary. So Canticle quite literally means song or hymn. So the Canticle of Zechariah, Zechariah is the father of John the Baptist. And remember, he was mute. The angel said, you will no longer speak because you you doubted the, um, uh, the, the prophecy, if you will, of the conception of John the Baptist and the birth of John the Baptist. So Zechariah was made mute. After John the Baptist was born... Zechariah was able to speak, and he first started speaking by singing the canticle. And so that's what the canticle of Zechariah is. And we always say the canticle of Zechariah in the morning, those of us that do the liturgy of the hours, because uh, it's with our morning prayer, because it's to mimic the idea that we were silent, just like Zechariah was, and silent in sleep. So when we wake up, we do the canticle of Zechariah, praising God. The Canticle of Mary is very similar to the Canticle of Zechariah, and so far as it's a hymn giving praise to God. And this is from Mary when she was visiting her cousin Elizabeth, the wife of Zechariah, uh, for the time of the visitation. And, the, and both of these are in the first chapters of the Gospel of Luke. And so, Canticle of Mary, we pray in the evening. Canticle of Zechariah, we pray in the morning. 
And so we pray them because they're giving praise to God. And so our whole life should be um, uh, giving praise to God. So very good question, Carol from Sioux Falls. Good job. Oh, thank you very much. You know, I've been a priest for a while, so I can (laughs) answer these types of questions fairly well because I do these morning prayers and evening prayers every day. All right, so we do have a few questions, I mean a few minutes left, and uh, but you have to be quick. And so 877-795-0122. Do we have one more bold soul out there in Real Presence Radio Land? 877-795-0122 or via our Facebook page, you can submit questions. And so, um, yeah, these have been pretty good questions. I haven't been stumped yet. I'm waiting for a stump. I want to get stumped one of these times. But the only way I think you're going to really stump me, stump me, is if you like say something like, Name the 33rd Pope's mom's name, something like that. No, I thought you got that one. No. <laughs> Remember when we I mean, did the trivia? No, oh, yeah, did that's right. crazy I, trivia. We did a Matt Sewell. Yeah, Matt Sewell um, yeah. from uh, the Popecast. We, uh, we had a, I remember we had a Pope trivia contest. Uh, no, no, I haven't really talked to him lately. Okay. I should, though. 877 That's a plug. Go to the Popecast. It's a, it's a, it's a podcast. Excellent. Although he hasn't been doing a new one lately. So uh, you can go to his Facebook page or his website, Popecast. Excellent um, history of the papacy. I love it. And I put my stamp of approval We need to have it. him back on. Make sure he's okay. Yeah, we can get him. Oh, I'm sure he's fine. He's got a newborn, remember? Oh, yes. And all the newborns okay, are named yep, after popes. 877-795-0122. We're coming down to the last minutes of this opportunity for you ask a priest and try and stump him. Ask him any question under the sun or via our Facebook page. 877 Zero one two two. Any questions, Cindy? As we no, I'm impressed. You remembered his name. Like you struggled a little bit with one name today, but you're on it. Yeah, but with Matt Sewell, it's like I kind of know him a little bit. So it's like I don't always I don't know him that well, but I mean I kind of know who he is. I was on his podcast, so I have to know his name. Okay. Oh, oh, we and we do have a Facebook page with just two minutes left. What is a charism? If I read that correctly, and what would yours be? Ooh. So a charism. I mean, I don't know what the exact definition of a charism is, but we'd say. Something that the Holy Spirit maybe maybe gives you that uh, empowers you to act in a certain way uh, in regards to um, a, a blessing from God so that you can carry out his mission in the church and for the good of others. So charism is always for the good of the others and not for the good of the person. My charism, I don't know. Maybe I should ask Cindy. What's my charism, Cindy? <laughs> You're putting me on the spot. Exactly. I don't know. Um, I, don't, I don't know what my charism, Pam. I don't know. Uh, maybe my charism is being, um, uh, uh, I don't know, a smart aleck. But yeah. I, I only do it for the good of the church. You're a go-to good person for history and mm-hmm. truth. You can, and go to the Wiki- you can go to Wikipedia for that. So Wikipedia's no, got can't. the same charism as me. That's great. No. A lot. Wikipedia, people can change that. That's true. Well, I can so change my opinion that's... on things and what I say. But Pam, that's for, so I don't know if you understand, but charism is like a particular gift that the Holy Spirit gives you for the good of the church and the good of the community. So thank you for that You question. gave up your personal life for the church. How about that? Yeah, that's not a charism. Oh. Am I close? Mm, no, I wouldn't call Darn. it a charism. So anyhow, I think we are done with this edition of Straight Talk. And after we are done with this break, we are going to have a special guest by the name of Josh Mercer from Catholic Vote right after this break. <laughs> 